welcome to Nerd of Paradise. I'm your host Kate, and you're listening to episode 8. Sorry, there was no way to not make that rhyme. But anyway, I'm really excited for this episode because this is the long-anticipated cryonics episode. I know I had mentioned it on the very first episode when I was talking about some of the ideas I wanted to do on this podcast, and cryonics is something that has really fascinated and intrigued me for a long time. You see it come up so often in science fiction, and it's such an interesting concept. And I think that, you know, just the preservation of life itself is such an interesting and thought-provoking concept. And so visiting the cryonics lab was one of the weirdest and most bizarre and interesting experiences I've ever done. So this episode is going to be all about my trip to the Alcor cryonics lab in Scottsdale, Arizona. And since I'm not technically an expert on cryonics... (laughs) I do have the Alcor website pulled up and I will be referencing that from time to time. And I thought I would start just with their basic definition of what is cryonics. So I'm going to read that for you. It says, cryonics is an effort to save lives by using temperatures so cold that a person beyond help by today's medicine might be preserved for decades or centuries until a future medical technology can restore that person to full health. Cryonics sounds like science fiction, but is based on modern science. It's an experiment in the most literal sense of the word. The question you have to ask yourself is this. Would you rather be in the experimental group or the control group? And then it goes on to list three facts that are not well known about why cryonics is justified. So it says, so one, life can be stopped and restarted if its basic structure is preserved. Two, Vitrification, not freezing, can preserve biological structure very well. And three, methods for repairing structure at the molecular level can now be foreseen. And then it goes on to say, you know, if those things are true, then cryonics should work, even though it can't be demonstrated to work today. And that's the scientific justification for cryonics. It's a justification that grows stronger with every new advance in preservation technology. And then um, it does actually go into even more detail than that. If you're interested in that, I would definitely recommend checking out alcor.org. But I'm going to stop there for now and get into my field trip to the cryonics lab. So my adventure started on a sunny day in October in Scottsdale, Arizona. And why don't we start from there? Okay, so I'm here in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Alcor Life Extension Foundation. And I'm here for the tour of the place. And so this is basically like a cryonics lab and it's gonna be interesting. I have no idea what to expect and I'm equal parts excited, kind of terrified. It's kind of like this empty building and there's the parking lot is just empty so I'm I'm excited, I'm terrified, but most of all, I'm just really curious about the whole process of cryonics, and I'm really excited to find out more about it, so I'm going to head in there for the tour. I'm thinking I might be the only one on the tour, I'm not sure, so I guess we'll find out. So I headed out of my car with some trepidation, and I went up to the door, which was locked, and I had to push a button and be buzzed in. And so I went into the office, which was very quiet and kind of a little spooky. 
and the people were kind of acting like they hadn't seen another person come in there in a long time. So it was just a little bizarre. But then I met with Diane, who was the lady who gave me the tour, and she was actually really nice and very informative, and thus began the tour. After learning a little bit about the history of Alcor, we headed into the first stage of cryopreservation, the ice bath. Basically, we started this as our, our um, this is our ice bath. When a person mm -hmm. is ready to be cryopreserved, if a person is here in Arizona when they expire, we're mm -hmm. able to get them to lab less than 45 minutes from the time they're pronounced so we can start working on uh, cryopreservation process. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the case, then we do work with local funeral homes and hospitals depending mm -hmm. on the situation. We have a local ho uh, funeral home that we contract with, so if the person expires before they get to Arizona, because all when you transport human remains around the country, you have to go through human When we What we do is when a person is pronounced, we start the cooling process immediately. We call an ice bath. This is just a prototype. That's why it's so yeah. snarly looking. But the ones, the, the ones that we use are actually their body bags oh, because wow. they're made specifically to hold the body. Plus it mm -hmm. holds the fluids for the ice and everything. So when it melts, there's not a big mess. This is called a Lucas, but we also call it a thumper. It's a portable CPR unit. Um, we keep oxygen in the body while we, one of the medicines that they first put in is a blood thinner, anesthetic, mm -hmm. among other things, you know, because we want to keep the blood flowing, keep the oxygen in the blood mm -hmm. until we can get them to the, the facility to start working. The Batman mask there is actually a cooling mask because we want to start cooling the brain down immediately. That is our prime directive, mm -hmm. making sure we protect the brain first. Oh, so what does Elcor, does it stand for something? Elcor is named after a star. There's a star called Miser. Mm -hmm. And Miser uh, has a smaller star, Alcor, next to it. If you had very good eyesight, you could see it. So you, oh, you wow. know that if you had 20-20 vision, you, if you could see the star, you had 20-20 vision. Yeah. So it's like seeing into the future. Oh, is cool. one of the reasons that they That's a cool name. found that they got the Alcor. Awesome. Yeah. Next up was the dry lab, where they have all kinds of sciencey stuff, like solutions and beakers and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. See the solution? These oh, are wow. our protective solutions. They make them in big batches. When they had manufacture them, it has to stay cold yeah. until you know. Obviously, you want to do it cold because, yeah. and then when they're going through the cryopreservation process, they're really super uh -huh. cooling it. Oh, I yeah. have a question that I meant to ask earlier. Uh, what's the difference between cryonics and cryogenics? Cryonics is full person. You know, mm -hmm. you, we do a neuro or which is the head only or a full a full body. Mm -hmm. And cryogenics is just embryos and oh. cells that way. Okay. Yeah, that's, that. that's one of my people say cryogenic. I know, like, mm, I know, because no. you hear it kind of interchangeably a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is, and that's mostly because uh, cryon cryogenics is something you hear first. Yeah. But now cryonics. Yeah. Is a lot more. Um, uh huh. It's a little more acceptable and more mainstream. So the next stop was the operating room, which I didn't actually get to go in, but I got to look at it through a window and take some pictures. But if you go on the website again at alcor.org, there's some really interesting operation pictures. This is the operating room. The box you see there is our mm -hmm. full body unit. Um, whether they're a neuro or a whole body, they, all the people, mm -hmm. they start out in there. They get covered with water ice. Mm -hmm. And you see the gap at the bottom. Yeah. While they're in the, um, the top part there, that catches any solution, any uh, melted water or body fluids, mm -hmm. and then they have a container at the bottom there. If the person is a neuro, then they, um, they still have them on the water ice. They detach the head from the trunk between the 6th mm -hmm. and 7th vertebrae and put them into the next unit. Over there, it's a big square. You see underneath. All right. They put the head in the neuro, and they go through the carotid artery. Um, the way they do it uh, is they shave the head, they mm -hmm. drill two boreholes on each side of the head, mm -hmm. and then they put these very super sensitive microphones they call crack phones. 
um, on each hemisphere of the brain, it can actually hear cells cracking from wow. the freezing process because, you know, since we're mostly water, mm -hmm. water gets very sharp, <laughs> and it will break the cellular walls. We don't want that. Mm -hmm. That's why we put the crack phones. If it's a whole body, they put several units on wow. the inside. You can't, we can't cryoprotect all the way, anywhere past the limbs because mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder because the vascular system's smaller right. and you already passed away, and we're still working on it. But they can do the head and the trunk fairly well. And the, and the process is, it's called profusion. It's essentially like a dialysis machine. We take the body fluids and the blood, as much of that out as possible, while we're putting the solution in, and uh, we're lowering the body temperature very slowly, one degree per hour till you reach liquid nitrogen temperature, which is 190, minus 196 Celsius. Mm. So a whole body will take, you know, 10 to 14 days, depending on how big the person is. Mm -hmm. So after the bodies are cooled to liquid nitrogen temperature, they're placed in these aluminum pods called Bigfoot Dwarves. And so that's the patient care bay where they keep all these pods. And I believe currently they're using 16 of these pods, which hold 141 patients. So next stop was to actually see all these aluminum pods and find out a little more about them. Okay, now this is our patient care bay. It's the most secured room in the building. What you see there, the front there, that's Dr. Bedford's original doer. Wow. He built it himself, um, and then he had his family take care of him when he uh, when he passed. And then a company called CryoCare, after a few years, took over the care because you have to top off the liquid nitrogen every mm -hmm. two weeks. And then wow. when um, Alcor got all of CryoCare's patients, mm -hmm. we got Mr. Beth, Dr. Bedford. Hmm. Um, that unit you see right in the front there, that one close to the cart, that's our cool down unit. So when we got a whole body in there. And it's not quite down to liquid nitrogen temperature, maybe minus mm -hmm. 120. Um, they'll put it in there while they slowly finish the process until they get down to liquid nitrogen temperature. And then they put them in a pod. Uh, you see this one with the doors open? Mm -hmm. That's a neural pod. It can hold, in one quarter mm -hmm. of the door, can hold 10 neurals or one whole body. Wow. Um, and then, uh, you can't see it in the back. In the back there, we have another, ga uh, it's a 900 gallon tank that holds just liquid nitrogen. One of the reasons they chose Phoenix to move to from Riverside was that mm -hmm. there are seven liquid nitrogen manufacturers in the valley. Oh, wow. So, you know, we always have an option Yeah. Uh, to go by. through. And then uh, the doers do not require electricity. Mm -hmm. If we do lose power, which it does occasionally happen, we do have a generator that will kick in, but mostly mm -hmm. it just messes up the computers. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to reboot everything oh, because, of, you know, how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a 3D printed doer. We use this for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. Inside, somebody put it in wrong. Um, they have two ports. This can hold one whole body mm -hmm. or 10 neuros. You saw the doors open up there. Mm -hmm. And then in the very center, because we want to be efficient about it, can hold five neuros wow. on top of itself. And as you see, the one here. Mm -hmm. So like with the neuros in the future, would there be like another body? No, like they would use cloning technology. Cloning. Uh, you know, it'd be your body, just mm -hmm. not used up by life. And then hmm. for your existing part, because, mm -hmm. you know, personally, I think they could bring back around 20, 23. You just finished puberty. Mm -hmm. You're just in your prime. Yeah. But you need to have your, your face to go with it. So that's where nanotechnology right. comes in hmm. and to repair your <laughs> existing part of your body. Is, so is that the same? You had said something about like limbs and stuff. Well, yeah, and that's, so what, that's what nanotechnology for a whole body yeah. unit, the nanotechnology will be very helpful in repairing the body that way oh. as well. Uh, there was this, I know it sounds silly, but there's a lot of, they actually talked to a leading nanotechnologist. For, mm -hmm. There's a Star Trek episode where they had nanites, where yeah. they went in. It's similar 
I, that's my thinking. It'll be similar to something like that. <laughs> so that actually makes me think of a question. Um, so how do you think that pop culture handles the topic of cryonics as like compared to how it is in reality? Um, well, no, you've seen the Futurama. Right. <laughs> you don't exactly. see the heads, you don't see the bodies, and, <laughs> you know, you don't just wake you up. There's a lot yeah. more to it. Uh, but it does make, uh, bring up awareness as far mm-hmm. as cryonics is real and it's actually something that's viable that people can try. Yeah. You know, we think about burial cremation, you have absolutely no chance of reviving. Right. Of course, giving everybody, you know, people who want to an opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing. Um, the ki- younger kids see this it's like you know after all the movies yeah you've seen vanilla sky i had to watch that even though i actually haven't seen that one is that that's tom cruise yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's very few tom cruise movies it, it involves like. cryonics though yes the whole oh. th- and what's funny is that during the, you have to watch it during the whole movie because he's a reporter or something like mm-hmm. that kind of like what you're doing during <laughs> the whole movie there you always see background Oh. Uh, TV shows and during mm-hmm. all that they're talking about different cryonics yeah and then the movie's just a love you know a bad love story you know oh, love okay. triangle gone bad <laughs> but they're out the whole movie so if you look in the background there's always someone talking about oh, cryonics in the back and that's the whole oh is it like a dream or something no that's where lucid dreaming where oh, they think okay. that once you're in cryopreservation you can also you ever, oh. like um what do you call it demolition man mm. with um I know I reference movies, but that most people... <laughs> I think just, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that's with Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone, where yeah. he was cryoed, and then they oh. let him out, and all of a sudden he was just like a supervillain, oh. and that's where they program your brain. Well, uh-huh. Alcor can't do that, because technically these people are essentially... Uh, they're, they're not dead, they're not alive, because we stopped the death process. Mm-hmm. They're like uh, Schrodinger's cat. Oh, you know, <laughs> They're cryo. <laughs> yeah, they're Schrodinger's yeah. cryo uh, patients, yeah. you know? <laughs> So that's why he's been in there the longest. So realistically, how soon do you think it would take before you could revive them? Um, I think between 50 to 150 years, depending mm-hmm. on how technology advances. Obviously, the neuros will take a little bit longer because you mm-hmm. have to be able to perfect the cloning right. technology. The whole body's probably a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. And the way they see it, the last person that goes into the tank will probably be one of the first ones mm-hmm. out of the tank. <laughs> and a lot of our members, uh, we have families and married couples, um, submit what we call revival statements saying, do not revive me even if you can, until you can do my spouse at oh, the wow. same time. And yeah, and no, we don't have any problems with the religious people, so they don't. I have yeah. one lady that calls every once in a while to tell me that the their souls are screaming to get out of cryo. And I said, what <laughs> about the people up on Mount Everest? They're frozen. Are they it's out? true. And she's like, and then she hung up, and I haven't heard from her since. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure that comes up, like, you know, the definition of death and life and yeah well the way our course sees it is that our patients are kind of like almost in a coma where they're mm-hmm. not dead uh you know yeah. obviously they're not actively you know active right. yet so we're just kind of keeping them in steps mm-hmm. before they changed it to cryopreservation they called everything suspension suspended in time which is yeah makes true. people make understand but cryopreservation is a technically so accurate it, term so that works better i don't know if you've answered but um when they're revived they're di- are they the same ages uh, you, I don't know, because our average age of our members, our patients going in is about 78. Yeah. And the oldest, I said, she was just shy of 102. Mm-hmm. So, and Annette, I think they're going to try to shoot for like an early 20 revival, because mm-hmm. you think about it, you have your early yeah. 20s, that's when you're just really starting And if you out. have the DNA, then... Yeah, with the DNA, the yeah. hopefully it'll do that. The staff in the future is going to have to re- uh, rely mm-hmm. on that, but my, that would be my thinking, is, you know, <laughs> early 20s. Yeah, that's like your prime. You all right? You want a treat? Sure. Come on. <laughs> we don't let anybody in here. Can you just see a little bit down there? Just a. This is Hugh Hickson, who's one of our engineers. Hi. Um, she, she won't go in there. We're just going to look straight down. That's all. Oops. 
that's the top of the um, the doors. Oh, it's, okay. It's all styrofoam. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they got the crane there that they use. Okay, and then here, let's put you this over here. This is the kind of the neural pod. Right there, see those are neural cans. Mm -hmm. Um, they have a little prong they put on the bottom and they put the head in there once it's down to liquid nitrogen temperature. So it's, like, it's only up getting ready for the kitty. Oh, wow. So that's the, the liquid nitrogen fully So that's on liquid nitrogen? You want to see? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> liquid this nitrogen. Don't get too close. For the kitty. Oh. All right, the kitty's here. Oh. Oh, we got to go. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that means uh, my gentleman's up front there. Okay. So after that informative and intriguing tour, Alex had arrived to drop off his kitty to get cryogenically preserved, and he was also completing his membership for himself to eventually be cryopreserved. So I took this opportunity to ask him a few questions. You're getting your cat cryogenically preserved today, correct? That's correct. So what influenced your decision to do that? Well, I eventually have to do. I eventually will do it to myself. Mm -hmm. And. How long did you have the cat? Uh, about 12 years. Oh, wow. What was, what's his name? Fire. Fire. Mm -hmm. Well, he has another name, so I mean, Fire, which is a Christian name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So. so what influenced you then to want to be cryogenically preserved? Um, that's a very good question, actually. I think I was uh, interested since I was a child. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard about it, I was probably eight. Wow. I was still living in Russia, mm -hmm. where I'm from. And I think that's, that's a pretty cool idea. A little bit creepy, but cool. And um, actually, surprisingly, there I think there is seem to be you know a lot of interest. In They're right in the middle. Okay. Okay. Um, she will come out and uh, to talk to you. Sure. Oh, when, they're, when they're all finished, they're just starting the procedure right now. I see. That's mm -hmm. I had a beautiful kitty like that. His name is named for Kitty. Yeah. But I mean, was he? Did he arrive fine? Everything was fine. Oh yeah, everything's been hit. They're right in the middle. It's just okay. you know. No, I just want to make sure because obviously all this. I mean, shipments are, you know. I mean, the Tufts people were great. I mean, people in yeah, medical in medical school were quite cooperative. They were suggesting options because when it was clear that he was dying, they said, "Well, we have minus eighty freezer, and we're working to use oh, it." Wow. that's really nice of them. For as long as we have, that kind of that's cool. and they were Treatment. basically saying, you know, we can ship him wherever you want. They. It was their shipping container, it was their shipping wow. arrangements, it was their... Yeah, he said it was done very well, yeah. the way he came okay. in, so that was okay. good. Okay. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you don't know what's well, because mm -hmm. this is something highly speculative. Well, it's, it's unusual. But it's certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, most people have never heard of, you know, yeah. cryopreserving pets, so that's not unusual. Really? Yeah. Most people have never heard of it? Yeah. I would think that the mindset would actually be rather similar, because, you, you know, you, you want, you know... I guess it depends on whatever idea of the afterlife you subscribe to, but I think if you if you subscribe to the idea that you want to be brought back, then uh, obviously Makes sense. you want the ones that you love around yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. why we have families still there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the future, when you're revived, what's the first thing you're going to do? <laughs> well, I think it really depends on the circumstances. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, I'll probably just resume doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm assuming that you know. Well, because I'm going to school in Rome, mm -hmm. so I can catch up on all the <laughs> things that were discovered. Because obviously, I'm going to yeah. be a practicing scientist again. Interesting. So there you have it, cryonics. That was fun, wasn't it? 
<laughs> if you want to find out more about cryonics, again, be sure to check out alcor.org. And if you're ever in Scottsdale, Arizona, Alcor does give free tours just like the one you just heard me on. So I would definitely check that out if you're ever in the area. So I don't know, after going through that whole tour and learning a little more about cryonics, I still don't think I would want to be cryonically preserved. I don't know. It just seems a little too out there. <laughs> How about you guys? Would you be cryonically preserved if you had the chance? Let me know on my Twitter feed at, at NFPpod. Or send in an email. Tell me your thoughts about cryonics at hello at nerdaparadise.net. And as always, check out the website, nerdaparadise.net. I'll try to post some pictures, too, from my fascinating cryonics tour. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Stay tuned. I'm not sure what or when the next episode will be, but definitely stay tuned. And especially on Twitter, you'll be the first to know. So let's end with a quote that's actually on the Alcor website. They have a page of quotes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> the ugly says, when defrosted, all the intracellular goo oozes out, turning your strawberries into runny mush. This is your brain on cryonics. And this is from Dr. Michael Shermer, historian and founder of Skeptic Magazine. So... There you go. I'll leave you with that thought on cryonics. All right. Until next time, embrace the weird. Bye.